Welcome to the Time with Teresa Around the World TV radio podcast, where she has the honor to interview celebrities, talents, and Christian leaders across the globe. Each week, Teresa shares inspiring broadcasts that is sure to warm your heart and encourage your soul. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome your host, Teresa Westbrook. Hello and welcome to the program. Have you ever wondered why there is so much hardship and heartbreaks in life? Do you ever wonder how people can continue to hope when faced with tragedy? Well, you're sure to be encouraged by today's guest, Elizabeth Flores. Elizabeth is a best-selling author who has written her personal story of surviving and overcoming a horribly dysfunctional childhood called Sisters of Secrets. Her best-selling memoir was written and sent to the publisher just one week before the highly publicized and horrific news of her sister Louise Turpin's arrest for child abuse. Elizabeth has shared her amazing story of overcoming abuse and the tragedy of her sister's crimes on Good Morning America, 2020, Dr. Phil, Dr. Oz, and other leading broadcasts. And it's a great honor now to have Elizabeth Flores with us in the studio to share her amazing story on the Time with Teresa TV show. Please help me welcome Elizabeth Flores to the program. Welcome, Elizabeth. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's such a delight to have you. You've flown all the way from California here on some other business, but made some time to be in the studio with us today just to help others with your amazing story. And I want you to know, I don't take that for granted. I really appreciate it. Thank you. God bless you. So, well, okay, before we get started, um, I would like you to share where you were and how you surrendered your heart to the Lord, just your personal witness. I was in the back seat of a car. My mom was picking up um, one of her prostitute customers and I was scared of him. He was one of her regulars and I asked the Lord if he would make it to where that guy would not come out and never show up again. I would surrender my life to him and never turn back. And I was probably about 10 years old at the time. And he didn't come out and I never heard from that guy again. My mom didn't understand what happened to him. He was one of her regulars. And that was the time that I turned my life over to Jesus. Okay, so there was something <laughs> bad going on when you turned your yes. heart over to the Lord. So let's go backtrack a little bit there. You gave your heart right in the midst of all this dysfunction. and So now we need to delve into that just a little bit and briefly give a summary of your childhood and what was going on and why that was so important. Okay, so um, my mom and dad had three girls. I was the middle child of three daughters and we seemed to have a pretty normal life on the outside world. My dad was pretty well known in the community. My grandfather was one of the richest men in the community. Um, kids just navigated towards us. We were really well known. Um, to the outside world, people thought that we were lucky children but nobody knew what was happening on the inside mm -hmm. in secret. And um, we were being molested, not very often at that time, at, at the time it first started because it was being withheld from my father. But when I was eight years old, my parents got divorced and my mom decided that she would prostitute us out to my grandfather because he made her an offer. He was one of the richest men in town. So we became 
regulars of my grandfather on a daily basis. One time she left us there for two weeks and me and my sister Teresa there for two weeks and it's the most horrific thing that we've ever had to go through. My sister still has nightmares about that. She just mm -hmm. talked to me about it not long ago. Mm -hmm. And um, my mom was, a, she prostituted and with different men and there was different boyfriends coming in and out of the home and some of them were abusive. And I've seen my mom raped, I've seen my mom beaten. I've seen her beaten so bad that she was put in the hospital. Seen a lot, <laughs> been through mm -hmm. a lot. Well now, do you think your mother was abused by her, was that her father? Yes, I know that my mom was abused by her father and the reason why I know that is because she doesn't, she never thought that it was abnormal for her to do things with her father because she would prostitute her own self out to her father. Mm. And I know that for a fact because when we'd go up there and she'd prostitute us out, she would also go do things with him and take money. Mm -hmm. Well now, I'm sure in life you have researched just as I have since mm -hmm. I'm a, a sexual abuse survivor yes. and I've done research. Uh, although that may sound odd to the viewers, that's really not odd for something like that right. to happen to a victim of sexual abuse as a child, is it? Right. For them to be groomed, to get treats mm -hmm. for favors mm -hmm. and different things. So, so you know, there was, uh, that's not that odd. That was a response to what she had been through. Right, and like when he, when she would molest us, I mean, when she would um, prostitute us out to him, he would, right before we left the room, he would slip money in our hands too and then go pay her. He was trying to train us to be prostitutes, I believe, mm -hmm. and God protected me from that. Mm -hmm. Well, now, um, I spoke a little bit in the introduction uh, you have this past and some of your siblings have this past and I want to speak about Louise Turpin uh, Your sister during that childhood time She was also being abused and she's she was your protector during that time, correct? Yes So Louise would when Papa would come at me and Louise was around Louise would not let him get to me She she would like push me all the way and she would tell me to go and she'd say I'll go and he would always take her in my place um, Louise protected me when any time there was things being said or if mommy and daddy were fighting she would cover my ears and eyes she would hold me close at night when I was scared to go to sleep because of the horrific childhood she would hold my hand we had bunk beds and she wasn't allowed to sleep with me so she'd put her hand down the bed and hold it Aww. until I'd fall asleep um, because we weren't allowed to sleep with the light on mm -hmm. and um, I have a lot of memories of Louise protecting me. I remember one particular night my mom and dad got into a fight and there was um, a lot of loud yelling at each other and I got upset and Louise came down there and held my ears and my eyes and held me really close to her. And yes, yeah, she protected me. And so it's hard to understand how she's where she is today. Right, right. And just for our viewers, we're going to give them that background. Just not all that long ago, uh, your sister um, was uh, um, sentenced for uh, abusing and neglecting her own children. And so I can see that conflict that you would have. You, kn you knew her as the protector mm -hmm. and the innocent sister and the sister full of good. 
and to see that she somehow ended up on this side. But although y'all had the same mentors, the same parents, the same experience, y'all were having the same experience, but you somehow were able to escape and get out and now are doing good things. Whereas it took her, it took her life, it took yes, her it mind, did. it took her. Mm -hmm. So comment on all of that. The difference between Louise and us, we had two different personalities. Louise could not forgive, and I was very forgiving. She held grudges, and for years I talked to her about that. After we got older, I used to tell Louise, you've got to let it go. You've got to quit holding grudges. And she hated, <laughs> hated going home. She Last time she went home to visit was in 1996, and she just quit talking to the family. She quit. I was pretty much one of the only ones she kept in touch with on a regular basis. Um, she hated my grandfather. She hated my mom. Um, she would talk to my mom every once in a while. And she even hated my dad, and my dad didn't do anything to her. Mm -hmm. I think the whole town made her think about what she went through. And I think the only reason why she kept in touch with me is because I left the town. Okay. I really think that. Mm -hmm. And. Um, she had grudges and she couldn't let it go and she quit she didn't have anything to do with god she ran from church when she got married she didn't go back to church anymore she didn't want anything to do with god and satan took over mm -hmm. i mean he took her heart and he mm -hmm. ripped her apart mm -hmm. and he took control of her life mm -hmm. and now she's sitting behind prison doors because of it yeah and that's what i think the enemy does he attacks children mm -hmm. because if he can steal their faith in god mm -hmm. he knows he can have them for the for the rest yes. of life and even eternity, eternity unless the lord intervenes or someone turns to the lord or someone reaches that child mm -hmm. with the word of god and the presence of god and you know you made a comment that she even uh, hated your father even though your father had done nothing but that's not uncommon either a lot of times victims are more hurt at the unoffending parent than they are at the one that offended them because they feel like, why didn't you know? Mm -hmm. Why didn't you see? Why didn't you protect me? So I, I, so much going on in this story, I tell mm -hmm. you. And, uh, and then I want to talk also, you've been through so much, and I know we don't have much time to cover it all, but you can get her story on many of the major outlets. She's even written her book, so I encourage you to read the full story. But um, the conflict now, okay, you've come through child sexual abuse. You're, you're out in a good place on the other side. You're married. You've got children. You're progressing. You're a certified coach, and you're speaking, and you're uh, ministering, and and then this tragedy comes. You get the call about your sister. Mm -hmm. And there was conflict there too because the public says, why didn't you know what your sister was doing? Yes. So they want to try to pull you into this and blame you. So speak about that. So I was like the only family member they were attacking at first. They didn't contact none of my siblings or anything. And they were like, this is the sister of Elizabeth Flores, you know, the author and speaker and, you know, supposed to be a Christian and was just really bashing me bad. And they said, and she's one of the only family members that she kept in touch with and was just bashing me. And then started questioning, why didn't you tell somebody you had to have known and all this stuff. But the truth is we lived on two totally different ends of the United States. She was in California, I'm in Tennessee. Mm -hmm. And she's, you know, and 
when we were, yes, we were in touch, but it was always over the phone or Facebook, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know? And I'm getting pictures of her kids all the time, and when the pictures, they look great. Mm -hmm. You know, she's taking them to Vegas, she's taking them day, day, you know, um, Disneyland, and mm -hmm. she sent me all these wonderful pictures of them at restaurants, you know? And so I'm being judged. So within 48 hours, I'm on Good Morning America trying to defend me and trying to defend my sister because she hasn't even found guilty yet. Right. She hasn't had a chance to even defend herself yet. And here I am thinking, she can't be really guilty of this because I'm broken. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, there's no way she could have done that. So here I am not only trying to defend myself, but I'm trying to defend her. And then, and she really was guilty. But at that time, you know, I thought, she mm -hmm. needed to, she didn't even have a chance to even speak up for herself. And all mm -hmm. these people are talking, but they really shouldn't have been talking to me. I mean, you know. Right. Well, that's just human nature and curiosity. They would think, because in their mind, they're thinking, you know, y'all have probably been to each other's houses and your kids play yeah. together and everything. But every home's not like that. Like you said, you lived in two different states. Y'all both were married, had been away mm -hmm. for a while. Just the communication you had was by phone or what you saw posted on Facebook. And I mean, you know, the people, all they got to think of is think about their own family. Mm -hmm. How much contact and how much do they know what's going on behind their closed doors right. and their family members? And at that time, there had been two years that Louise and I hadn't spoken at all. That's what a lot of people don't realize because my parents passed away three months apart in 2016 and then the, then this happened in 2018 and we had not spoken since my mom and dad's funeral because a big argument between me and Louise broke out mm -hmm. over that because I was power of attorney over them and just some things had happened so I had not spoken to Louise in two years either mm -hmm. so wow. a lot of people had not realized that yeah you've walked some dark rocky roads for sure but um, the Lord is helping you navigate through that now Elizabeth as we all know uh, especially um, victims or survivors of childhood sexual abuse a lot of them remain silent for valid reasons they have valid reasons they're either protecting family members they may be protecting a family member who's an abuser or they may be too ashamed and and just can't bring themselves to that place but then some do choose to s tell their story mm -hmm. I tell people you can pay me a million dollars to tell my story mm -hmm. but God asked me one day to share my story mm -hmm. and I had to and mm -hmm. I had to write the book so why did you feel it's important for you to share your story? When I was 11 years old, there was a lady praying for me at the altar. She didn't know me, she didn't know nothing about me. I was sobbing, I sobbed at the altar all the time. I didn't really understand God, I didn't really understand what he was teaching me, but I knew he was teaching me stuff. I knew he would speak to me, but I didn't know it was God speaking to me. I knew things and I was hearing things, but I didn't know it was God. I didn't really understand what was going on in my life. But she was praying for me and she whispered in my ear, she says, one day you're gonna write a book about everything that you're going through. And I held on to that. And that was one reason. But another reason is, is as I got older, it made sense to me because me telling my story helps other little, if another little girl hears my story, mm -hmm. say they're watching this show and they're being molested, it might make them realize, maybe I should tell someone. Mm -hmm. And they won't have to be 40 years old or 42 years old sitting on your show telling mm -hmm. their story at 42. They mm -hmm. could get the help they need now. Yes. Or an abuser could be sitting on your show and th start and start feeling conviction and give their life to the Lord and change. Mm -hmm. I mean, our testimonies is a breakout for a prisoner. I mean, you know, it can 
break, you know, it's, it's freedom for someone. Yes. And so it's important for us to tell our stories. Yes. And that's why I choose to do. I agree. Story. And I'm so thankful for your courage and uh, your obedience to do that because I know it's not easy. It's difficult. And I'm mm -hmm. so thankful. Thank you so much. And so uh, uh, let's, if you could go back in time, if you could go back in time to little Elizabeth, mm -hmm. when you were going through so much darkness and so much tragedy and what you know now, if you could go back in time and speak to that younger version of yourself, what would you say to her to encourage her to get to this point? I would tell her how strong she is and to lift her head up high because she's beautiful and one day she's going to make a difference because of everything she went through. It's all going to be worth it one day. That's beautiful, Elizabeth. That's beautiful. And I'm sure out of these tragedies, you have found some strength that you didn't even know you had, correct? Right. Share a few of those with us. Um, well, I didn't know how strong I was, that's for sure. And um, I do now. Um, I'm confident and um, I'm great at listening to others and encouraging others. Um, that's one of my strongest qualities is being an encourager to others. I have a lot of compassion that other people don't have because of what I've been through. And I'm able to listen to people and not be judgmental at all. I know what it's like to be very poor and I know what it's like to have very much. I know what it's like to be comfortable and not have to worry about being in abuse and I know what it's like to be abused. So it's very hard for me to be judgmental. And um, it's I'm very, I'm very good at talking to people and talking people through their problems. and loving people mm -hmm. and that plays into your role as a certified coach yes. today you're a certified coach and you have some strong areas in mm -hmm. that so what are the main areas you focus on as a certified coach um, well actually I do a little bit of everything but um, lately I've been doing a lot of weight loss stuff but um, because because I <laughs> have went from 258 to 123 in a year and a half so a lot of people have been calling me for that. But and you know why I think that is one of the reasons? <sighs> you have lost a lot of emotional baggage. Yes. And you've released the weight as a result. What I think. Yeah. Yes. So, um, but I usually do a lot um, with people as far as um, emotional things like stuff I've been through, like abuse and stuff like that, or even people that are having a hard time um, with grief and stuff like that. I life coach people through stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, yes. Divorces, mm -hmm. stuff like because that. Because recently you lost your husband as well. You had mm -hmm. a beautiful marriage, wonderful children, mm -hmm. living, living a good life in a good place. Mm -hmm. But your husband recently passed away not long ago, correct? Three months ago. Three months ago. So you're having to walk through all that. So, okay, with the tragic, with the tragic family life, mm -hmm. And then recently, your sister, that's only been, what, a year ago that all that came out? A year and a out? half. A year and a half. Mm -hmm. And now your, uh, your husband, husband in three months. Two years. That is a lot for a person to walk through in a lifetime, not counting up to just 42 years. Mm -hmm. So how did you process that to believe that 
your life is not always going to be this way, that there is going to be joy, that there is going to be happiness. And I've known you for a little while, and you're still able to smile. You're still able to have joy. You're still able to praise God instead of curse God for everything that happened to you. Look at the camera and tell our viewers how in the world is that possible? Because my joy comes from God and not from the world. And that's how I get my joy. So I trust in God's Word. And if you read in the Word, joy comes from Him. So He gives me joy so the world can't take it away. I always, every night, I always count my blessings for the day. And it doesn't matter. It can be the most horrible day. Even the day my husband passed away and I laid over his body for five hours before I'd let the funeral and take his body and screamed and cried. I'll never forget that day. I went to bed that night and I still had to lay there and ponder and think of one good thing that happened that day. And that was the hardest thing I ever had to do. The day I buried my daughter, I had to do the same thing. But I can always think of one thing, one good thing. And if you do that, you will find joy. You have to decide every day if you're gonna find joy or if you're gonna sulk. And it's your decision, it's your life. And so you get to choose every day what you're gonna do with your life. Now, weren't you ever tempted to blame God? I have questioned God, and yes, I've been tempted. I'm human, but I have decided to not. Mm -hmm. That's my choice. Mm -hmm. I don't want to go that route. Mm -hmm. Right. Because the truth of the matter is, God did not bring this evil upon this woman. God stood with her and is getting her through it. And in return, he's using it to help others who are out there that are facing some of the same things she's gone through and have been through. Right. But you know, he did not cause it. It was the enemy. And I think that's where people get confused. Well, and I think people get confused because, you know, like the truth, you know, people say, think the truth is my husband had a stroke. Okay. You know, or whatever. We can use that as an example, you know, and that is the truth, I guess. But when people would say that, you know, he didn't die until 10 months later, he was put on bed bound. But when people would say that, I would say, no, that, you know, the truth is he's healed and he was healed by Jesus' stripes. That's what the Bible says. That's mm -hmm. what the word of God says. When, you know, somebody, you know, if somebody's diagnosed with cancer, that's a lie from the enemy. The truth is they've been healed mm -hmm. because that's what the word of God says. Whether it's here on earth or right. if it's in heaven, one way or the other, they're going to be healed. Right. We've got to stand on the word of God. If not, we won't have any joy. Mm -hmm. So the word, the word of God's the truth. It's not what we hear man say here. Mm -hmm. You know, we've mm -hmm. got to speak faith. Yes. And that's why I teach my kids, you know, what you're, you know, what you're seeing is not truth. Yes, you, you might, you know, my husband's passed away from this life, yes. But the truth is he's in heaven with the Heavenly Father. He's, he's more alive than we are. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you know, I say this over and over, this world doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this world doesn't matter at all because we can't take anything with us. Right. It doesn't matter how much we have. Right. I could have a million dollar home, can't take it with me. Mm -hmm. It doesn't do me any good here. Mm -hmm. I'd rather take the million dollars and feed the hungry kids. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter, mm -hmm. you know. And this world's not eternal. Mm -hmm what matters is the next level we go into mm -hmm. because we pass but then we come right back alive and we're more alive than ever yes. and we have no troubles yes. there's never another tear shed yes we just uh, move 
from one room to the, to other. the other. The next yes. door you open can be heaven or it could be hell, but right. you know, you just pass through the next doorway. Well, and, and I think uh, people get a little confused about people of faith and Christians because mm -hmm. they say they're in denial because they, they're believing for healing and, and they're denying someone has cancer. No, that's not, that's not we're speaking the truth, truth. as you said. Mm -hmm. We don't deny the fact right. that they have cancer. Right. That's a fact. But the truth is yeah. God promises healing here or there. He yeah. does promise. And you know what? People who see miracles, mm -hmm. people who see people raised from the dead, who see them healed, it's because they believe, believe they yeah. stand on the word of God, they trust God. Either way it goes, they still trust God and they see these things. Right. The people who do not believe and when they get to see it, they're blessed to be able mm -hmm. to see it. As Jesus says, blessed are those who have not seen, but yet believe, right. yet believe. They're still blessed mm -hmm. too. But I say that you're not going to get as much out of life and see, you're not going to see the things, people who do have faith in God and right. know his greatness and how powerful he is and mm -hmm. that he can do anything, they're gonna see the most out of life. And then if you see some of that without believing, you're just blessed. You're right. just highly blessed <laughs> for that. Wow, well, boy, time is going so quickly. But uh, I want to talk about some of the new things coming your way mm -hmm. and what God's doing your way and opening doors. So share a little bit about that. Um, I have a document. I have two documentaries I'm working on right now. And um, they're about my sister's case, of course. Um, one of them is really cool because I get to talk about the good Louise the protector and I get to shed a little bit of light because so much is so negative about everything I've done everybody wants to know about the case and the negative mm -hmm. and they want to bring out the negative mm -hmm. and that's just the society we live in right but this one called me up and said we want to sh we want you to share about the good Louise mm -hmm. and just you know and so I get a chance to do that and that makes me feel good and so it's going to be really cool I get to talk about um, God and and talk about Louise and talk about who she was, who mm -hmm. the real Louise was mm -hmm. before she allowed the enemy to take her life, and that's mm -hmm. what she did. She allowed the enemy to take her life, and um, and the other one is uh, just a documentary about her case and and how it affected my, me and my family and how it affected her friends and everyone around her and about the children, and then. Um, I've got five book, new books I'm working on. Um, five, wow. Yeah. Um, one is about parenting, uh, mother of seven and never failed. And then I've got one about the power of tongue. It talks about uh, what are you speaking, speak your dreams. I've got another one that um, I've just got different ones coming out. Mm -hmm. So that's awesome. Well, you're a very, very busy lady, I tell you. So, but I just want you to know we really greatly appreciate all that you're doing in the kingdom. We greatly appreciate you sharing your pain and the joy and the power that God has empowered you with to get through in an effort to help others. We greatly appreciate that, Elizabeth. And I know God's got even greater things in store for you, Thank and you. the best is yet to come. Thank God. Yes. Thank God. <laughs> if you find yourself in dark circumstances today and wonder if you will ever come through it okay, 
Please remember this show and remember God is the one who can bring you comfort, peace, and strength to make it through whatever life has thrown your way. Hang on, because with time, everything eventually does change, and by the grace of God, it gets better. God bless and keep you. Thanks for joining us. For more information about the Time with Teresa Around the World TV radio podcast or for guest sponsorship consideration, please contact us at TeresaWestbrook.com. We look forward to hearing from you. Program airs every Tuesday and Friday at 7.30 p.m. Central Standard Time right here on HisRoyalGuidanceRadio.com. Oh no, what do you do when life breaks you into a million pieces? How do you cope? How do you recover? Is there anyone that can put all the pieces back together again? Yes, friends, there is. Once in the hands of Christ, brokenness can be redeemed and repurposed. Hi, I'm Teresa Westbrook, author of Shattered, God Heals Broken Hearts. Throughout the years, it's been my great honor and delight to interview many champions of the faith on my television program, Time with Teresa. Their stories of surviving some of life's greatest tragedies has been compiled in this new ministry resource book that offers encouragement, wisdom, hope, healing, and so much more. You'll read their compelling stories about forgiveness, survival, rekindled hope, overcoming, and of course, lots of victories. I hope you'll pick up your copy of Shattered, God Heals Broken Hearts. Special thanks to all who were involved in the making of Shattered, God Heals Broken Hearts. God bless you.